Hey, Remar nurses. It's a Wednesday and I am, of course, out of the office. But even when I travel, I want to make sure that we still spend time together because it is important for you to get your study sessions in while you're preparing. So we don't want any excuses why you didn't study for Winning Wednesday. Now, let me tell you this because this is what everybody has been asking me about. If you saw my live earlier, then you know, hello then you know that today I met a very special, 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 special thing today um, here in Tennessee. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee for the National Student Nursing Association Convention. I met Quick Facts for Next Gen. So this is the book. This is what it looks like. I think I have a piece of paper in here because I was, I was reading it my own self. I'm going to ask y'all questions from this book too. We are doing a Quick Facts next gen quiz on tonight so um this is the book that i saw today and earlier i talked about the differences between this book and the five star book and i also said that um this book will be shipped out just so everybody knows your quick facts will be shipped out in the order that you replaced it so they're going to start shipping out uh friday Friday or Friday or Monday, because you know we don't ship on the holidays. I mean, not the holidays, the weekends. So the people who ordered this book in March, you guys will get your book first, okay? And then there were people that ordered it in April, so it will roll out like that. Um, so if you ask, you know, Team Remar, hey, where's my book? They aren't going to tell you the same thing. They're going to say the books are going to be shipped out in the order they were received. Now, when the distribution company ships out your book, they're going to see, they're going to send you a, um, a shipping label. Okay. So they'll say, Hey, your book was shipped. Here is your tracking that will happen. And then you'll be able to track your book. All right. So this is the next gen quick facts. This is the newest version of the quick facts. All right. And like I said earlier, the book, a lot of the book is the same as the five star, okay? I did not add too many topics to it. What I did was for every topic, um, what I, I did, it looks, look, it looks like this. So for every topic, what I did was created a little box that says clinical priorities because we know that NextGen is a lot of clinicals. So I put the clinical priorities for every topic. So if you're taking care of a patient with Bell's palsy, okay, clinical priorities, clinical priorities for BPH. And so that's one of the main differences, okay? Um, so V2, I did not receive the quick facts in the V2 book. Um, it depends on what you order. The V2 doesn't have a book. It's not a physical book. It's a downloadable book. So anybody that has V2, definitely you have to download that book all right now that this is out um now that this is out you'll be able to purchase this but um a lot of people didn't um didn't know put the link i'll put the link can you put the link in uh for youtube for this one okay all right so i did clinical priorities another new feature of this book like i said all of the topics are the same so if you don't have this book and you just want to rock with your five star, you can, you can, you can just rock with your five star. I'm going to show you what else is different though. And then I'll ask you questions from the new sections. I did this section in the 
um, in the next gen because next gen quick facts increases the cultural considerations for nurses is very important for the exam to be more realistic. And traditionally, when you are talking about the NCLEX exam, it is essentially, you know, if they say a person is African or American or Asian, they're literally just saying that to make the question different. But that African American or that Asian person, their diagnosis is not related to their culture. So how do we handle somebody that is Asian? How, so I go over the culture groups here. Um, so I have Africans, West, East, North, Central, and South. I also have African-Americans, which is different. A Black person from America is different from a Black person from Sudan or Sierra Leone. Some people don't know that, but if you know, you know. All right. I did not receive that to the next gen quick facts. Um, yeah, so you get the, the next gen quick facts, okay? All right. Um, Asian Americans, Caribbeans. Uh, African American is different from a black Caribbean, okay? <laughs> and then the Filipinos, you guys help me with that section. Haitians, Haitians are different from uh, Trinidadians or... Yeah, people from the Bahamas. A Haitian person and the person from Jamaica are not the same, all right? So these are cultural considerations that I hope you guys uh, can appreciate. It was important for me to put this in the next-gen quick facts because I've never opened up an NCLEX book where they talked about uh, the culture, the considerations of culture um, to this degree. Latinos, um, Colombians, Guatemalans, Sal Salvadorians, Peruvians, Nicaraguans, Ecuadorians, Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, all of those people are in the United States right now. So as a nurse, you will be taking care of them. Okay. Um, then I go over to religious. I, I didn't do religious considerations to this extent uh, here. So I put the religious considerations when you're taking care of somebody who is uh, a Buddhist what do they believe? What? How are you? How is things going to be affected medically? Jehovah's Witnesses. I think we pretty much knew, like we know Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, that they don't have blood or blood products. We know that. But did you know that they had their own Bible, right? And they prefer to read things from their Bible. Orthodox Jewish, Christians, Amish, Baptists, Lutherans, Episcopalians, Methodists, Islam, Islam, and, and Muslim patients they have specific beliefs about their medical preferences that I didn't know. So I'm going to read it to you here. This is the Islam, okay? Islam. Yes, you can still, you, if you, you can still use the quick facts, the five-star quick facts, the old quick facts. These, I'm just talking about the additions that I put in the next gen, all right? So um, Islam's believe in one God, Allah, okay? They also study Allah's final prophet, Muhammad. They do believe in life after death. Right. And so that's important when you have a hospice patient. Uh, they, they read the Quran. Quran. <laughs> they are required to pray five times a day based in Mecca. So nurses should avoid their nursing care during this prayer time. So that means that you cluster your care because, you know, your patient that's Islamic is going to be unavailable. So never like for NCLEX, it 
they want you to be respectful of the culture. So you wouldn't say, hey, uh, I know you're down there praying, but I need your vital signs, right? And some people think, well, that's, you know, that's common sense, but it's not, it's really not. Um, Islam patients, no restrictions on amputations, biopsy, blood products, or medications. Organ donation is acceptable. Also, um, abortion is prohibited, except for in cases of incest rape or if the mother's life is threatened. Y'all, y'all out there, I need y'all to confirm. Y'all, y'all some Muslims out there, I need y'all to confirm. It's not, I don't, I have it, I, I did the research. Um, women do not take their hijab off in front of men for any reason for any reason we're not going to be disrespectful and have them do that and then um also same-sex providers are required right that's that's what that's what they require so a, a woman that is you know delivering a baby should have a, a woman attended to her if she is a muslim because it's important to them they have a you know they have a high value of modesty so I did the same thing for uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Orthodox Jewish people, Protestants. Protestants included the Methodists, the Mennonites, Presbyterians, United Church. Also Roman Catholicism, Seventh-day Adventism, Hawaiian. Hawaiian Americans have a different spirituality than Native Americans. They are not the same. All right. Uh, so spirituality, I divided that up. All right. And I just thought that these were important concepts for new nurses to go into their profession equipped with. How, how much better of a care can you give if you're not afraid of people, right? If you're not afraid because somebody's different from you. So a lot of people that read this, um, a lot of people that read this, they will learn a lot about people. No, so religion and culture is in the V2 because this is part of V2. Like, you know what I mean? This is part of my program. So you guys know, Half of my program is lectures and videos. The other half is work, work, work. And quick facts is the, is the memorization work. You need to memorize this stuff. Okay, so cultural considerations. I love this section. I really could talk about it all day because I just learned so much. Like, I didn't know the Hawaiian people, right? Mm. All right, here we go. And the pharmacology section, finally. I took out the skills section. The skills that I have retained in the quick facts are, I'm lying. all right, hold on. There are skills that I have here. Installation of ear medications, installation of eye medications, okay? Um, intravenous therapy, you got to know about it. Intravenous complications, all right? What other? Uh, oh, CPR. That was that was something that I put in this book that was not in the, the um, that was not in the five star quick facts, and I definitely had to put CPR in here because some stuff changed over COVID. So this is the CPR page right here, okay, and I have it broken down into infant, child, and adult older adult okay and so these are the things that you need to do before if you have not if you have not reviewed the cpr protocols that um that was put out listen just do it <laughs> all right just do it 
Um, yeah, that was my winner. All right, so it's here. Okay, this is here. I finally have it. This is this is the first copy. This book is still on sale. I'm actually still, we're still doing the pre-sale price of it. So it's still $25 for this book. Uh, we will be raising the price, but right now we just want it, you know, to get it in everybody's hand and just get it out there. So we're doing the still, this book is still just $25 right now. And the link is in the video if you don't have it. All right, we're gonna do some questions, y'all ready? Let's do a quiz. Hi, I just want to be curious. Should we buy the new book? Yes. If you are taking NextGen NCLEX, go ahead and purchase it. If you don't, if you don't have a quick fact, some of you guys are new to my channel and my program. This is a book that every nursing student should have. All right, period. Um, but that's you know, that's my opinion. Yeah, so this is the newest version. Like if you're looking on Amazon, the newest version has next generation study guide on it. That's the only difference. Next generation study guide. Okay. Yes, we, we definitely ship outside the U.S. When you go to the website, remarnurse.com and you go to book, you will be able to, you will be able to um, choose where you, where you ship. All right, I'm gonna do some questions for here because Winning Wednesday is about a study session. Oh, let me tell y'all this. So I'm at the nursing student convention. These are some misconceptions that I'm hearing about next-gen NCLEX that I gotta clear up. Oh, There's only three, there's only three. Okay. Awesome, awesome. All right, reminders. Even though nursing school Okay, these are the misconceptions for nursing students. Um, even though nursing school makes you memorize, this is for my new graduates, they make you memorize the brand names still, the brand names and the generic names. For NCLEX, you only have to know the generic names. And I say that because a lot of the, uh, a lot of the nursing students are studying brand names. And it's good because it helps them in nursing school, but that won't help you on NCLEX. The brand names typically are easier to remember. And so you end up remembering the brand names. And then when it comes to NCLEX, you don't know. And you need to be very familiar. You need to be very familiar with your pharmacology for this test. All right, um, this book is going to ship out in the order that it was received, in the order that you ordered it. So I, it will start shipping out on Friday. Today is Wednesday, so Friday, and then it'll cut off, and then it'll go into Monday. So you will get that book. Remember, people that are buying the V2 for $69 right now, this book isn't included. So you got to buy the V2, and then you just go to the pre-sale and order this book, and you still get the pre-sale price, all right? Because right now, we are still fulfilling pre-sale orders and we haven't officially changed it, okay? I think, is it May 1st it's changing? For, uh, For the Quick Facts book? Yeah, the order, like, You need to order it May 1st. May 1st, that this price is gonna go up to the original, for the true price of this book, okay? True price for this book, $49.95. That's what it's gonna be, okay? So right now you get it for half off. You get it for $25. All right. Um, when I find my order, quick facts, Remar. I, I'm not sure what that means. Can I still use the old one plus B2? You can. You can. Yeah, you can still. I mean, if you still have the five-star book, a lot of people are saying, hey, I already have quick facts. Can I just use that one? 
that is totally your discretion. Okay. That's totally your discretion. I'm not going to say, Hey, go out and buy, you know, buy a new book. I'm just letting you guys know that it's out here and it's available. And this is what it looks like. Okay. Um, and like I said, all of the subjects in there are the same except for, um, I know there's no, there's no longer recommendation for an Epicac syrup. So I took that out. Um, I took the clinical skills section out because I feel like for next gen, you don't have to memorize step by step. Okay. All right. Uh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> I like this comment. All right. Enjoy it. Is it going to help LPN? Absolutely. LPN, 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 R and Sue. I'm taking my test for the third time and I already started studying. And when I say bomb, I'm, I know more here than from the professors in nursing school. That's awesome. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. Okay. All right. So I already went over the differences between this book and the original five-star quick facts at the beginning of this video. So some of you guys were coming in, just watch the replay. All right. Just watch the replay. And then you can decide, hey, which one do you want? If what's right for me? Okay. So I'm going to ask some questions from here. I'm going to do the new sections, the new sections that I have in here. Okay. Where to buy it. Religion isn't in the previous one, not in the same way. There's a sm very small section on religion, right, y'all? It, but it's not as robust, okay? Aside from quick facts, this is half of the program. So you need this plus you need, um, you need this plus you need the V2 lectures. That's, that's the other half, the very other important half. That's where you're going to learn a lot. How do I get this in Jamaica? I'm trying to come to, well, I, I'm trying to do a review. Can I say, I'm trying to do a review in Jamaica. I want to come to Kingston next month. All right. All right, let's do some questions from here. Next Gen Quick Facts. The first section that I'm going to talk about, comments in the screen, is this is a new section I put in the Quick Facts Next Gen. It is abortions, abortions. Let's go, let's go. Clinical, clinical, clinical. All right. Here we go. Clinical. Mm. In a missed abortion, in a missed abortion, is the cervix opened or closed? In a missed abortion. So if a woman has, there are five types of abortions. There's a complete there is a complete, incomplete, inevitable, missed, and threatened. I remember we talked about threatened abortions for, uh, I think it was a winning Wednesday. So for a missed abortion, is it is the cervix open or closed? I see the comments on the screen. Uh-huh. You guys got it. There you go. Good job. All right. It is closed. All right. It is closed. Denise, it depends on when you ordered it. I'm not sure. Okay. Next question is this. Ooh. In an incomplete abortion, an incomplete abortion, is there bleeding? Okay. 
And an incomplete abortion is their bleeding. What say if you guys? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, Denise, if you ordered it, if you ordered it, I don't. Did we? I don't think we packaged the the next gym with VT. I mean, with V two. It was always by itself. Yeah, it, it's always been by itself. The pre-sale for the next gen has always been by itself. So you should have gotten the five-star quick facts with your order, Denise. Okay. All right. In a threatened abortion, in a threatened abortion, is the fetus still alive? What do you guys say? In a threatened abortion, is the fetus still alive? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you say? What do you say? Yes. Good job. No, in a threatened abortion, the fetus is still alive. Okay. So make sure you know these fine details when you're caring for um, a woman. And the feedback that I hear is that, well, no, no, I won't say that. All right, let's go to the next session. Good job. Y'all did that. My next section, put markers in here for the new parts. Here we go, here we go. Okay, next section that I put in here is mastectomy. Mastectomy, mastectomy. All right, here we go, mastectomy. Hi, Mark. Why did you bust down into our lap? I think it is. Can you guys hear me? All right. Can let me know if you guys can hear me. Oh, okay. I'm hearing it from here. Okay. Okay. Well, you want to cut this one there? Just the quality is a lot. All right. Okay, so I can hear myself. I, I hear feedback though. Okay, here we go. And let me know who said that they felt like they're treated better. I missed that comment. All right, here we go. Next question was from mastectomy. Mastectomy. And I'm not sure if I did um, this specific topic on a winning Wednesday or not, but here it is, mastectomy. Okay. So... Why should not the patient, why should the patient carry a perk on the side that has
Okay. Okay. Yeah, it can cost. Okay, you guys can hear me now. I don't think nobody should be complaining about not getting the book. It was a pre-sale order. So that essentially means that the book wasn't available and you were taking advantage of a discounted price as the pre-sale, right? And you were getting in line first to get the book. So, okay, too much strain on the arm. It's a condition. Um, yes, and somebody did put it on there. Lymphedema, but also... Also, the reason why we don't want the, the lady with the mastectomy carrying the bag on the side or getting a blood pressure, you guys know that, is because of cellulitis, too. So lymphedema and cellulitis, okay? All right, we good? Okay, we good? Somebody says, can you hear me? I think they can hear me. You guys can hear me. Okay, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Oh, did I go over? Oh, that's what happened. Let me go over this list real quick. Did I go over this list? The things that I'm hearing nursing students say, say here at the student nursing convention um, that are not true about next-gen NCLEX. I wrote it down because I really want to tell you guys. So just give me a pause on this, okay? First thing is, I said this, you don't have to know the brand name and the generic names. Definitely. Um... No, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my slides up for monkeypox in the V2. I'll put my slides up for monkeypox in the V2. Case studies. Some people are saying that they had 15 case studies, or they know they're gonna get like seven or eight case studies. You guys know that that is not the truth. Okay, you guys know that you're going to get three, okay, three guaranteed case studies. And you may get, okay, you can hear me? Okay. Um, and you may get two or three more as pretest. Okay. Now, so the, when people say I had 10 or 17 case studies, what they're talking about is that they had an exhibit of an electronic health record and one question associated with that electronic health record. So yes, they did get a nurse's note and then they had to answer a question about it. But because it's only one question, it is not a case study. You get six questions in a block with a case study, right? So that is a misconception. So when you guys see those one questions with the doctor's notes or the medication list, that's not, that's not considered a case study. It's just a next gen question type. And you should be prepared to get next-gen question types. And a lot of them, a lot of them, all right? A lot of them. So it's not unusual for you to get like 30, 40, select all that apply. Actually, you should be very, very happy if that happens because, because then that means that you will be getting partial credit for some of those that you got right, okay? All right. Follow-up questions. Follow-up questions and what is the follow-up priority? Remember when you see follow-up questions, you're usually looking for something that is wrong, okay? So if a patient needs follow-up 
for anything. You're trying to reinforce the correct understanding. All right. Reinforce the correct understanding. Um, nurses follow up priorities are trying to correct something that is acutely wrong with the patient. So if I have a new dressing that I just placed on a patient, my follow-up priority is going to be what? If I have a new dressing, I patient has a wound. They say they have a stage three, right? Wound. I put the dressing on according to the doctor's order. When I follow up with the patient, what am I going to be looking for? Where are my follow-up priorities? Okay. Follow-up priorities is going to be, uh, is there any drainage? Am I seeing drainage? Is that, is that dressing clean, dry, intact? Is my patient having pain? Okay. Right. Those are your, those are how follow-up priorities work. Yeah. Bleeding. How's that dressing look? Okay. So that's follow-up priorities. And it can be, like I said, it can be very, very difficult because now this is the clinical component of next-gen NCLEX. It's not asking you what does normal drainage look like. It wants to know, do you understand the priorities of that? So the questions in the QBank that I'm writing are heavily clinical, heavily clinical, because this is how you, this is how you're going to pass. And repeat test takers who may not have had clinical experience um, in a long time doing the content and then the questions is going to be very important for you. It's going to be very important. Yeah. So I, I don't want to, I want to make sure you guys are not studying um, the old way. Honestly, I want to make sure you're studying in a way that's progressive. Yes. Good job, Ruth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, we had already been talking 30 minutes. I did not mean to keep y'all so long today. And let's go to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. let's go to torch syndrome. Torch syndrome is a, is a topic that I added on here. All right. All right. So torch syndrome. Mm. Is rubiola part of torch syndrome? And you know, torch is T-O-R-C-H. And this is a combination of five, five conditions that make up torch syndrome. Is rubiola the R in torch? What do you guys say? Okay. All right. And I'm having fun with quick facts. Quick facts is fun because it, it, it puts you on the spot. And I'll probably tomorrow with the nursing students, I'll, I'll be asking them questions from this book, maybe. <laughs> all right. So all y'all that's saying, yes, y'all know that's not right. It's not rubiola. It's not rubiola. No, it's rubella, rubella, which is different from rubiola. Okay. All right. Next question is this. Mm, are the conditions in torch syndrome are the conditions in torch syndrome contagious okay are the conditions in torch syndrome contagious what do you guys think mm -hmm. thank you thank you for posting up what it is now i want to ask are they contagious 
All right. Some people are saying yes, some people are saying no, some people are saying yes, some people are saying no. All right. Um, correct answer is, I like that. Most definitely, yes. These are contagious, for sure. So remember, in this condition, you usually are getting this or seeing these conditions in pregnancy, okay? Pregnancy. So let me say this. Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Let me ask you this. So with torch syndrome, the O in torch stands for other infections. So the T is toxoplasmosis. The O is other symptoms. Rubella is the R. The C is cytomegalovirus and the H is herpes simplex. So what I'm asking you is the other infections, name one other infection. In pregnancy that a woman can get that will pass down to their child. No, it's like, what other things? That's what I'm asking you. What other things? I have some, I have some infections here that are in part of the clinical priorities. So, I mean, this is just a difference. Like with quick facts, I asked you a question, but I feel like with next gen quick facts, I'm able to take it a step diff more with the clinical priorities. Okay. Oh, good job. Good job. Okay. So herpes is one of them. HIV is another one. Uh, not, not ectopic pregnancy. Zika a virus is one Zika. Okay. HIV, chicken pox, syphilis, or herpes, um, her hepatitis, herpes B, hepatitis B. Good job, good job, good job. Okay, that reminded me of another topic I wanted to go over, which is COVID-19. You know we got to know about COVID-19 because it's out there, all right? And so is this topic in the V2 Yes, this is the topic in the V2 because this book is part of the V2 program. My NCLEX review is this book plus V2 plus the question bank. That's my whole that's my whole program. And I'm out here with other NCLEX reviews, y'all, and nobody is doing the price that Remar. I mean, these these other NCLEX reviews is at this convention center are hundreds, hundreds of dollars. I don't gotta say no names. I don't gotta say no names. All right, let's go over COVID-19, please. First question, COVID-19, you ready? COVID-19, is it a virus or a bacterial infection? Here we go. COVID-19, quick fingers, quick fingers. Is it a viral or a bacterial infection? Oh, y'all do it. Good job. It is. It is a virus. Of course, y'all know COVID-19 is a virus. Okay, let me ask you this. Mm, give me the uh give me the isolation precaution. 
for COVID-19. Now, you know it's changed. You know when it first came out, you had to put on everything. But now, somebody come in the hospital and they say they got COVID-19, what is the nurse supposed to put on? Uh, no, make sure make sure you know it's not both. It is going to be, um, it's just a virus. It's just a virus. It's not a bacteria. Thank God it's not a bacterial infection. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm asking about the appropriate isolation for COVID-19. Correct answer, okay, per CDC, Center for Disease Control, is droplet, droplet precautions, okay, droplet precautions. So that means in a disaster, a person with COVID-19 can have a roommate. Let me ask you this. Can COVID-19, can a person have COVID-19 and have no symptoms? Is that a thing? Can a person with COVID-19 have zero symptoms? What do you guys say? I'm glad you guys are participating so much. This is, uh, this is amazing. Over 600 nurses right now studying. And I am exhausted but this is just giving me so much energy to see y'all putting these comments on the screen i asked the question can a person with COVID 19 have no symptoms and y'all are all on one accord oh no 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 there's somebody that said no everybody else is saying yes asymptomatic and that is true yes without symptoms isn't that something some people just blessed when i had COVID 19 law i can hardly hold my head up it was the worst Okay. Ooh. Mm. What should I say? Can a COVID-19 infection occur if an infected person touches the surface and another person touches that same surface? Let me ask you that. Can COVID-19 spread from infected surfaces? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good job. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. It's very contagious like that. Okay, let's talk about um, some COVID. Let's talk about some COVID um, responses. So COVID can put a person at risk for what circulatory mm, disease? Oh, I shouldn't say disease. Um, because it's hypercoagulable, it increases the risk of what? COVID-19. And honestly, it's been found, it's really interesting to see um, People who pass away for, from COVID, when they do an autopsy, they show like these long, huge, what the people get? Yes. Yes. DVTs, blood clots, pulmonary embolisms. COVID does that to people's circulatory system where they get 
these blood clots. And so you think they're fine on the outside because they're up talking and their oxygenation saturation is pretty decent. And then they experience a blood clot that travels to their lungs, you know? And so um, that is something that we need to know that we need to know. What do we call conditions that develop after an acute COVID uh, infection? What is, what is that group called? I'm not a doctor. Guess what? I'm better than a doctor. I'm a nurse. Ah. And I was just talking with a nurse today, and she's a nurse. She's been a nurse for 28 years, longer than me. But we were talking about how um, when you're a nurse and you know your stuff, the doctors will ask you what to do. Watch. The doctors will ask you what to do. They'll ask you what to do all the time because nurses actually do what? We actually stay with the patients and we know them. All right. No. So I was I was thinking of long, long COVID. Long COVID complications are um, conditions that develop two months after the initial infection. Long COVID. Okay. All right, y'all wanna do some more or y'all good? We've been studying for probably at least 30 minutes. I need to do the top three things over again? Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> All right, All right. I'm out in with the top three things. Somebody said, yes, please keep going. Somebody said, sure, I'm folding laundry. I got nothing else to do. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, so deep. Okay, here we go. All right. Quick facts for NCLEX is um, the, the pediatric quick facts for NCLEX is in the file bowl. It's in the file bowl. Let me know if you can't get it. Okay, let's talk about the transgender client. The transgender client. Yeah, you said I got nothing but time. Y'all are y'all are the best because I am. Oh, all right. The transgender client. This is a topic that I was able to um I was able to talk about in the five star, but I, I developed a little bit more. So when we have a transgender client and they have a sexual reassignment surgery from Female to male, our testicles formed. What do you guys say? If a transgender client has a sexual reassignment surgery, our testicles formed. I said that the, the quick facts book for pediatrics is in the file vault. Quick facts for pediatrics. I didn't, I don't sell that book. I just give that book to you guys. All right. So transgender client, you guys need to review that topic. If you have it in five star, you need to review it. If you don't, if you don't have a quick facts, you need to get this one. The correct answer is absolutely yes. Now, during sexual assignment, they will have a penis and testicles. However, they will not be able to produce sperm. That's very important. It was removed. Let me, ch I'll, I'll check it again. You saying it's not in there. It should be in there under, um, I think it's under books. 
or resources. Okay. Here's the question. Let me ask you this. What's the question about long COVID? Put it on there again. There's a question about long COVID. Put it on there again. Okay. Let me ask you this. Is gender identity and sexual identity the same thing? What do you guys say about that? Mm, did anybody ask you that today? Probably not. That's why you showed up here. <laughs> Is gender identity and sexual identity the same thing? Ooh. I see mixed answers on the screen. All right, cool. This is the clinical priority. Let me read you the answer. Gender identity is not the same as sexual identity. Gender identity is the patient's internal sense of being a man, woman, or binary. Sexual identity describes the patient's romantic, physical, and emotional attraction. All right? Or not the same thing. Question. Here we go. When you're working with the transgender client, somebody said, I don't know. I don't know. Good. When you're working with the transgender client, do you have to tell them in advance if they have to expose their body parts? If you're working with the transgender client, do you have to tell them in advance if they have to expose their body parts? I'm so glad we got this. How people are saying yes. Correct answer is yes. Yes. Yes, you do. Because for the transgender client, um, exposing their body parts is a very, very sensitive. And from the research I did, it could be a traumatic act. So, that yeah is basically that's the polite thing to do for anybody right anybody but we have to be aware as nurses sometimes we come in and, and like i gotta insert a catheter you know what i mean um and i myself as a new nurse i did that to a man one day i'm just reading notes i come in and i'm like i have to put a catheter in you sir and he's like no <laughs> like no like i'm not about to expose myself but for us as nurses we get so you know i don't even know i don't even know how to explain it but we 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 are desensitized to nudity okay we are so desensitized to nudity and the same as we're desensitized to vomit and blood it don't phase us like it really don't phase us so we're studying from quick facts for NCLEX, the next gen quick facts so transgender client is one of the topics on here. All right. So very good. All right. Let's talk about, oh, this is what I want to talk about. Let's go to this topic of uh, what is the topic I want? I wanted to go to where is that? Did I do lab poisoning over again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I took that up. Okay. Let's talk about, oh, let's talk about active and passive immunity. Let's talk about active and passive immunity. And I do want to go over Huntington's disease because I, I talked about that. All right. Um, 
active immunity versus passive immunity. This is, oh, long COVID, long COVID. Thank you for asking that question again. Long COVID is when you develop symptoms after your initial COVID infection. So if you start developing, um, like I have a little bit of long COVID. I had COVID and then like two, three months later, I was having uh, difficulty breathing. Um, and so it was a long COVID symptom, right? So that's long COVID, okay? Um, endocrine, DKA, HHNK, I do that in the B2 lecture. So you'll be able to watch that. Okay, here we go. Ooh. Vaccinations. Vaccinations. All right. <laughs> Vaccinations. Is that considered an active immunity type or a passive immunity type? Ooh. Thanks, Tracy. Active immunity versus passive immunity. Vaccinations. Oh, I'm so glad I did this. One, you go to website if you want the next gen quick facts. You can go to remarnurse.com. Wait, is my mic? Can y'all still hear me? All right. So, vaccinations, let me get this off here. Vaccinations are considered active immunity, active immunity, okay? Because your body has to be active to build up that immune response. So with a vaccine, with a vaccine, they're injecting a small dose of whatever that virus is, whether it's live or attenuated, like whatever, but your body still has to combat that, um, that virus, right? So your body still has to produce a response to it. some good stuff in here. Ooh. What's the difference? This is in the clinical priorities. What's the difference between a vaccination and an immunization? They're not the same thing. Even though a lot of nurses working use them interchangeably, but vaccination and immunization is not the same thing. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's good. Anybody know? Don't Google it. If you don't know, just say, you know what? Nobody's ever asked me that. And I really don't know. I really don't know. But I'm here to learn. Mm. Anybody know? Let me see. Let me see what I got. What comments got? Vaccination is a booster. Vaccination, vaccine is to prevent. I thought they were the same thing. I don't know. I have no idea. Immunization means against. I don't know. I love y'all today. Um, I'm not sure. Vaccination shot, immunization protected. That's it. Really, that's it. Let me read the, let me read the clinical priorities. 
vaccination is the act of introducing okay a vaccine into the person's body to protect from a specific disease okay so when you vaccinate somebody the idea is that you are putting a vaccine a disease something into the body right when a person is immunized let me read it let me read it so i don't mess it up it's the process by which a person now has immunity okay the process by which a person becomes protected against a disease okay so there are many different ways that you can have immunization remember okay immunization we just talked about it you can have passive immunization or you can have active immunization so if a mother through breast milk gives her baby antibodies that's passive immunization right are we are we together all right we would never say antibodies from a breast milk is vaccination we would never say that that's vaccination because it's not but don't we use immunization and vaccination the same thing right so vaccination is a form of vaccination clear clearly clearly that explains it okay <laughs> um so yes 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 all right so these are little things you know little things that we as nurses we want to be so we want to be competent we want we want to not have anybody question us we want to know our stuff so good that nobody can approach us about what we do okay all right good job all right um Okay. Was that it? Was that was I was trying to get to? I feel like I wasn't trying. I was trying to talk about something else. I didn't. I didn't almost did the whole book for y'all. Okay. I think that's it. I think that's it. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of here. Okay. But this is so good. Mm. Organ donation. Okay. Y'all okay. know orthostatic hypertension. We talked about this. Okay, okay, Mark. Okay, part two. Okay. In, in, okay, so what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to do with this is that, yes, number one, patients could ask y'all this. So, period, number one. Um, and what I'm trying to do is put a more clinical focus on our studying. Okay. Because that's, what, that's what's missing. And that's why I think that every, Huntington's disease, thank you listening to me and that's why um i think that now with this next gen NCLEX, people who have clinical experience or they are lpns right because y'all do a lot of clinicals they're going to do better they're going to do better at this exam so if you're a repeat test taker you might find that this is the exam you actually been waiting for all right Jay Hobson, you're taking your NCLEX on April 24th. That's right around the corner. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm excited for you. It's a great opportunity. All right. Um, so here we go. Huntington's disease. Huntington's disease is 
Do you expect behavioral changes with Huntington's disease? Yeah. Do you expect behavioral changes with Huntington's disease? And Huntington's disease is the same as, um, it's pretty much except for the clinical priorities, which I'll read the clinical priorities from Huntington's disease for you guys. Yes, you do. You expect, you absolutely expect clinical behavioral changes with Huntington's disease. And the thing about Huntington's disease, guys, is that it looks a lot like Parkinson's disease. It looks a lot like Parkinson's disease. So you have a patient, like, right, you have a patient with the shaky movements, the, the rigidity, the impaired gait, they fall a lot. And you would look at them and you would say, oh, that's Parkinson's disease. Okay. But the difference with Huntington's disease is that these patients will snap. They will fight you. They will become aggressive. They will become very frustrated. And you don't see that with Parkinson's disease, right? Okay. Um, and then they're young, 30 to 50 years old. So a little bit younger, okay? Um, the, the LPN exam in Canada is called the, I think it's called the Rex. It's not as, it's not the same as the NCLEX. It's close. And I think Pearson View does the Rex too, um, but it's not quite the same. Like Alzheimer's, yes, Alzheimer's patients will snap on you and they are very strong. All right, here we go. So um, is there a cure for Huntington's disease? Think about it. Is there a cure for Huntington's disease? Yes, Huntington's disease does affect, um, it does affect the nerves. It does. Is there a cure for Huntington's disease? No, 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 no. No, it's not. Will the patient with Huntington's disease experience memory loss? What do you guys think about that? We are studying from NextGen NCLEX. Uh, yes, there is treatment. And guess what kind of treatment we're going to give them? Some... There is memory loss. So there is memory loss. What type of medication do we give our patients with Huntington's to, because we know there's no treatment, to control the symptoms? What kind of medication are we going to give them? A steroid? Mm -hmm. You gonna give them diazepam? We like we just gonna we gonna put them out. We gonna we gonna sedate them. The diazepam. Yes, there is still a calendar with the next gen quick facts. Um, I kept it at three weeks. Kept it at three weeks, so you still get through this book in three weeks. Okay, yeah, we're gonna give the anti Parkinson's medication. Yep, yep, we're gonna give the anti Parkinson's medication. That is the medication we're gonna give them. And so there are some things about um. Parkinson's disease and the medications that you need to know about generally in the class. Okay, so the clinical priorities for Huntington's disease is they may experience uh, they may experience memory loss. Violent outbursts are part of the behavioral changes in mood swing. From the time of the first symptom to death, is usually 10 to 30 years. 
So these patients can live a long time, all right? 10 to 30 years. Okay, this condition is often confused, which I went over this. This condition is often confused with Parkinson's disease, which also has rigidity and slow movement. However, clients with Parkinson's disease do not have the cognitive impairment seen in Huntington's disease. So there it is, case closed. That's how we know one is Huntington's and one is Parkinson's. Okay. All right, guys. Okay, guys. I am going to, we've been studying for over an hour. I'm going to do the three, the three symptoms that nursing students need to be treated for right now if they're studying for next-gen NCLEX. Really quickly, I'm just going to give them to you. All right. Number one, the first symptom is the, the first symptom is make sure you're just studying generic names. Do not study the brand names like you do in nursing school. Once you graduate nursing school, Forget that part of it. You don't need to know that for NCLEX. The second thing is that when you receive a doctor's note or nurse's note, a medication list that has one question attached to it, that is not a case study. That's not considered a case study. Case studies have six questions attached to them. Okay. So it's just a next-gen type question. The third thing, follow-up priorities. Follow-up priorities means you want to consider what would be wrong with the patient. So if a patient says, I can inject my insulin in my arm every day, then we know our follow-up to that would be, no, you can't. You need to rotate those injection sites, okay? So when you talk about your follow-up, it means that you need to correct something, okay? So you're always thinking of what is the, uh, the adverse effect. Also, I gave the example is if the patient um, has a dressing and you just placed a new dressing on a stage three wound, you guys need to know, you guys need to definitely know dermal pressure ulcers. You need to definitely know dermal pressure ulcers. So a patient has a stage three wound and you put a dressing on it. What is your clinical priority? What is your clinical priority? Okay. What is your clinical priority? And that answer is going to be, remember we talked about it. It is going to be to check for drainage, check for bleeding. Is that dressing clean, dry, and intact when you go in there? All right. Do they count case study questions for one or they only count them for six? They only count them for six. They only count a case study for a six block question. OK, so um, tomorrow I'm going to be I think there's supposed to be like a thousand nursing students here at the National Student Nurses um, Convention. So. Huh? I got I got a thousand right now. What? So I'm going to be getting more intel on what these nursing students are thinking about next gen. And also um, I'm going to share it with y'all. I'm going to share it with y'all like what? This is what I heard or this is what they're doing. Um, but you can get in the trial version of the V2 right now. You can get started studying, start watching lectures. I need a lot of y'all 
I need a lot of y'all to um, make that move. I want to see y'all passing. I think this is a great time. You got to remember, NCLEX is put in place to prevent somebody who is um, not at a certain educational level of passing NCLEX. Okay? So they're trying to prevent you guys from going out into the workforce without appropriate clinical knowledge. Okay. And so you guys have to do something to overcome. You guys have to do something to overcome this barrier. It is not a passive. It is not a passive event. It's not a passive event. And the more people that I'm in, uh, I'm able to encourage and the more people that are able to take up this challenge and say, let's get it. Let's do this. I'm able, I'm ready to do it. All right. Then the quicker you will be able to, to meet your goals. And I know you all have goals in January. I know you set those new year resolutions. I know you wanted to pass NCLEX. I know you want to get a job. I know you want to get a new house. You need a new car. You got credit card college loan, I, you got all type of, you got all type of debt, right? <laughs> so I'm going on here ferociously to encourage y'all. Let's do this. Okay. Let's do this. Um, like I said, NCLEX is there for a reason. It is a very huge challenge, but Today, I, you know, I'm, I'm meeting nursing students with amazing stories. I'm meeting nursing students that are, they, they don't know nothing about the, the past NCLEX. All they know is this, okay? All they know is that I need to pass next-gen NCLEX. It's not a question. Some of us don't want to move forward. We, you know, we're thinking about the past NCLEX. We're thinking about how it could have been, how good it used to be. Those days were gone. All we got right now is today. We got past this next gen NCLEX. So somebody came on here to hear that. But for real, for real, big picture, big picture is that there is a blessing. So you do, you have to say, I can, I will, I must pass NCLEX. I can, I will, I must pass NCLEX. But at the same time, you got to get up and do something about it. You know, like when Jesus healed that man at the pool of Bethesda, he told him to take your mat and get up, like get up. And some of us need that. We need to take our mats and we need to get up. And by just taking that first step, it will continue to give you the strength to take the first, the next one. Yeah. Yeah. The first step is always the hardest. The first step is always the hardest. So, you know, take that first step. Hmm? Sure. Yeah, you want your lecture? Oh, wait, what? What you doing? What you doing? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So, um, I need to reset my reset my V two. Um, I'm not sure if you can reset your V two. You want to like start all over again? I'm not sure you could do that because V two creates a certificate for you when you're finished. Many nursing students need that certificate in order to um, reapply for NCLEX. All right. Um, so what's about to happen now is we are about to go into V2. All right. I'm going to show a lecture from V2 because one of the winning formulas to pass this test is 
not only the question bank, and I love my question bank. I love the case studies and um, the bow tie questions. I love all of that stuff. But if you don't have the knowledge, if you don't have that content, then you really are studying backwards and you're wasting time and you're going to spend more money and you're going to have to, um, you know, you will have to start all over again. Because every time you take NCLEX, you got to start from the beginning. So what I want to do is give you guys the lecture portion of it so you can see what the lecture is like because y'all know what the questions are like y'all know how to do questions you go to my tiktok i got all type of questions on there but i want you to see the difference in the lectures and my lectures don't take all day so get out your notebooks and let's get it done let's do it let's go all right Diabetes insipidus versus syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormones should really be an advanced clinical topic because most nursing students really don't know the nuances between the two. I find too that most nurses working forget how they are different. So let's start with this. Both are a problem with the antidiuretic hormone. Both are a problem with ADH. So what does the antidiuretic hormone do? Can you think about it? Let's, let's look at it like this. When you have a diuretic, what is the function of the diuretic? What does diuretics tell the body to do? They tell the body to get rid of water. So if we have something that's antidiuretic, what is it gonna tell the body to do? It's going to instruct the brain to tell the rest of the body that we are holding on to water. We are retaining fluid. So both of these conditions will be a problem with fluid in the body. Now let's look at diabetes insipidus first because we can learn a lot from just the name diabetes insipidus. So when we see the word diabetes, what do we think of? Most of you all will say we think of high blood sugar we think of hyperglycemia but that is not what diabetes means the word diabetes means a person who is putting out a lot of urine that's what it means it means a person who's putting out a lot of urine the term after diabetes will describe what that urine looks like so here we have diabetes somebody that's putting out a lot of urine and we have insipidus. The term insipidus means clear, colorless, odorless, tasteless. Because remember, back in the day, doctors used to drink urine to determine what kind of illness a patient has. So diabetes insipidus used to be called water diabetes as well because the urine looked like water. But it is a problem with too little ADH. So you don't have the antidiuretic hormone in the proper amount telling the body to keep water. So it just puts it out. It just puts out all the fluid because there's no antidiuretic hormone there. So when you think of diabetes insipidus and the signs, the signs are 
severe dehydration. Yes, because somebody with diabetes insipidus has a very high increased urine output. So the urine output can actually be up to 30 liters a day, which is a lot of urine. Also, because the patient is so dehydrated, they're going to be thirsty. They're going to be complaining of thirst. Now, critically think here. Somebody with diabetes insipidus that's putting out a lot of urine, is their blood pressure going to be high or low? What do you think? Is the blood pressure going to be high or low? The blood pressure is going to be low. So what is the heart rate going to do to compensate? The heart rate is going to increase. So you will have those two vital sign changes. But look at the signs again. Do we see hyperglycemia anywhere in diabetes insipidus? Do we expect the blood sugar to be high? No, not at all. So that's why it's so important for us to study the content because on the exam, I'm telling you, hyperglycemia will be a choice there to determine if you really know what you're talking about. All right, so diabetes insipidus has nothing to do with blood sugar ranges. So what is the treatment for diabetes insipidus? What is it? Because the client does not have enough of the antidiuretic hormone, we need to supplement what is supposed to be there. So we need to give a medication that's going to act like the antidiuretic hormone. Do you know what that medication is? It is vasopressin, vasopressin. Yes, vasopressin tells the body to hold on to water. It's really good to also improve low blood pressure. So if you plan to work in the ICU where patients have problems maintaining their blood pressure, vasopressin will be a very popular medication for you. Now that you understand when you have too little ADH, let's look at syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone where you have too much of that antidiuretic hormone. You have way too much. So it is telling the body that we're going to save all of the water that we have. We're not going to put out any fluids. So the signs of SIADH are fluid overload. Of course, fluid overload. Also, oliguria. Oliguria is very little urine output. Because the client has an increased fluid intake or fluid overload, talk to me about their sodium level. Will the sodium level be up or down? We would expect that sodium level to go down because of the fluid overload in SIADH. Now with diabetes insipidus, we would expect that sodium level to be way high because the patient is dehydrated. But here, low sodium level. So with the low sodium level, we're also going to see a client that is confused. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you guys know the condition, SIADH now. Tell me the treatment. What is the treatment for somebody who has too much fluid in their body? What are we gonna give them? We're gonna give them diuretics. Yes, we're gonna give them diuretics. And specifically, the osmotic class of diuretics is going to be best because that's going to help pull water off of the brain too as well. Also, we definitely would want to put these clients on fluid restrictions. So you have this whole page filled out. 
And now you understand the difference between diabetes insipidus and SIADH. Thank you for studying with Remar. We're gonna keep making it simple for you guys. Uh, and we're moving on to the next topic. So my whole goal for y'all watching that is to see how easy it is for you to learn the content that you need to know for next-gen NCLEX. Now you know the difference between diabetes insipidus, you know not to check blood glucose levels, right? And syndrome of inappropriate antidiuretic hormone. These are the types of differences that make a clinical exam so much easier, right? And it does not require you to read paragraph after paragraph after paragraph of a fundamentals of nursing book. So I want you to be ready for next gen as, as fast as possible, okay? That means that I have to be very clear and very direct about what's important. So that's what I do in V2. If you have V2, you will find these lectures under the NCLEX review. Okay. You have it. Ah, very good. So remember, V2 is an online platform. All right. So when you first get, even if you get into the trial, you're going to see two squares. You're going to see myself, if you click this square, this is where all of the lectures are going to come. If you see this lady here, then you are in the 30 day challenge. So you're just going to see challenge videos, which are not the same as the lecture videos. So when you get in V2, right, you click on my face and then this is where you're going to see all of my lectures. Okay. All of my lectures and they will all be in that amazing straight to the point for format for you guys so that you're learning at the same time. OK, this is what it takes to be. This is what it takes to be prepared for your nursing licensure exam. Don't just be in a question bank doing questions and you have not reviewed that material. OK. Y'all know when I brought the people on the past next-gen NCLEX, what did they say? They said that they were number one repeat test, test takers. They did not have the connection. It's different when you have a, a bunch of random facts, but you really need the connection to those facts so that you can see the entire picture, okay? And so V2 will help you. The lectures will help you see the entire picture in a quick way. Okay, it will help you see the entire picture in a quick way. And the videos are are really cool. Like they're not boring videos. Uh, that was another point. I don't need y'all zoning out. I need y'all to be engaged into the information because then you don't have to study as long. But when you distracted and you like, what is she talking about? You're not going to stay. And I need you to stay. I need you to give me four Four weeks. Some people are doing the program in two weeks. I'm asking for four weeks in order for you to be ready. Okay. And that's including what you do in the question bank. So lectures first, then question bank. 
Okay. Then computer adaptive exam. But um, the last person I brought on said she didn't even do the computer adaptive exam. Okay. How, how do I get your VT? Okay. The V, the v I'm sorry, the V2. The V2 is at remarnurse.com. Okay. And this is a better NCLEX review. I, I, honestly, I'll tell you guys, it's a better NCLEX review because it comes with the question bank. All right. My original program did not come with the question bank. It just came with the lectures, which were really good. And it didn't have the um, it didn't have the question bank at all. All right. If you forgot your password to V2, just click on the forgot my password. OK. All right. So. Again, it's all about using something that's going to help cover you the best. All right. All right, guys. So um, I have been on here for long enough. Let me just encourage you. Um, if you have not, if you have not experienced my V2, go to remarnurse.com and get in the trial. In the trial, you'll be able to watch lectures in the trial version of the V2. You'll be able to do a case study. You'll be able to do these are next gen question types. This is a single choice matrix. Okay. This is a single choice matrix question. Um, and so these types of things you will be able to put your hands on and see the difference. But for me, it's the lectures and it's the lectures for me. Like nobody got anything on my lectures. And now, you know, I don't say a lot of stuff, you know, to brag or whatever, but the lectures are going to help you learn information in a very fast way, very fast. So if time is of the essence and you need to get something done quickly, V2. V2 is designed to do that. All right. So um, I will see you guys later. I will see you guys later. Winning Wednesday has been done. I do this every Monday. I do this every Wednesday. Okay. Monday, Monday at noon, uh, Eastern Standard Time. And then Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is usually where I am. Even if I'm in a different place like Nashville, man, I'm still going to come on. Okay, so I will see you guys on tonight. Uh, I'll see you guys maybe tomorrow. I'll, I'll go live from the nursing student convention. I will. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you get the notifications right now. Is it 1030 right now? What time is it? Oh, wait, is it 930 here or 1030? Okay, there's this there's this party nurse student convention i want to go down there and do like the cha-cha slide or something but since we in nashville it was like you dress up as a cowboy i'm going as remar i don't have no cowboy stuff so that's what i'm about to do it's 10 25 eastern time right so it's 9 25 here okay so this party about to end guys so let me go down here kick it with these nursing students and have a great time i hope you enjoyed the study session it was free so that's the best part about it, right? And we got to cover some new topics uh, from the Next Gen Quick Facts, and you guys learned a lot. All right, the Nursing Student Convention um, is thir uh, we, uh, Thursday through sat Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. All right, so I'm going to be there. No, Saturday. I'm going to be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, so I will see you. If you're in Nashville, come check me out. If not, I'm going to be around, around town somewhere. Okay, all right, guys. I will see you later. Bye -bye.